everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 281st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to continue our July trend here and replay uh, one of the segments that you heard on our Jurassic June live stream. Now, today we have a visitor center with Michael Corelli. You know him. You've seen him before. He dresses up as Owen Grady. He cosplays out at Universal Orlando. But there is so much more to him than that. So please stay tuned for this segment where you get to hear about his collecting, his history with theme parks, and you get a ton of great personal stories from Michael. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this segment, and I think in our live stream, people really connected with Michael's conversation, and it was only about a 20-minute or so conversation, and today it's much longer than that, so please stay tuned for the extended version of my chat with Michael Corelli. I know we recorded this one a while back now, uh, shortly after Velocicoaster had opened up for a lot of people, before the Jurassic World Tribute Store opened up, but uh, I think Michael had said something along the lines of uh, uh, riding Velocicoaster like six or so times, uh, you know, a, a minuscule six times. And then like the next time, I think was when I uh, went to the grand opening, I think he had already bumped it up to like 20 something times. So who knows where it's at now? Only Michael can tell us at some point. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun segment. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. Now, I uh, just wanted to give a heads up. I didn't feel like doing a, uh, like an entire news segment for this, but Mattel Creations has an announcement for us on the 13th. Uh, that is Tuesday. They have an announcement for uh, Jurassic fans out there in regards to San Diego Comic-Con. They are doing their 12 Days of Fandom currently over on Instagram this entire next... Uh, well, 12 days, <laughs> but uh, on the 13th, like I said, Tuesday, they've got a Jurassic World product reveal, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one, so uh, I hope everybody has a good day on Tuesday. But um, also, I know I mentioned it uh, last week, but we have a TikTok, so please go follow us over on TikTok. Just search for... Jurassic Park Podcast. That's where we are. Some fun videos, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. That's for you to judge. But uh, we're having some fun over there, creating some fun content. So please go give us a follow over there. Now, over on YouTube, uh, last week I did a toy hunt. That one's been a lot of fun to watch all the reactions for that. So please go give that one a look. I also uploaded the conversations from last episode, uh, the shorter uh, live stream editions, which uh, were Mattel and Stephen uh, Shaw from Round Room Live, who talked about Jurassic World, the exhibition. So you get to hear those two conversations in their uh, shorter segments from the live stream over on YouTube. Now, this week, uh, I have another toy hunt for you. We're going to upload Michael Corelli's video, and we're going to also uh, upload Dr. David Button's 
a fantastic presentation about paleo history and Jurassic Park and how they all relate and connect. That was a really uh, awesome video as well. I know a lot of people connected with that. And then I do have a video from the Tribute Store. I actually just like, I, I realized down when I was in Orlando, I, I filmed like a bunch of random clips of the Tribute Store and did nothing with them. So I just put them all together. There's a lot of really fun, uh, you know, props from the films, uh, some, some prop matches, things like that that are very close to what you see in the films. Um, and then just a lot of really cool uh, merch and just the scenery and the setting is incredible. So please check that video out. And just as a heads up, the Tribute Store, all signs are pointing to that closing down, the Jurassic World Tribute Store down at Universal Orlando, closing down on August 9th. So get down there while you can because it seems like it might be going away and then they're going to revamp it for Halloween Horror Nights in just a, a few short months, I guess. Yeah, in September, I believe. So it's, it's uh, right around the corner. So please be sure to get down to Universal Studios Florida to check out the Jurassic World Tribute Store. But I think that about does it for this intro, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off by traversing out to the Visitor Center. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where we welcome in Michael Corelli to talk about cosplay, collecting, the fandom, theme parks, and more. So we are once again inside the Visitor Center, and today there is, for some reason, an extremely random pop-up store that just came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm not really too sure what that's about, but you know, with Hammond, things change all the time. Always trying to capitalize on the next big thing. And uh, speaking of the next big thing, <laughs> I'm here with my guest Michael Corelli to discuss his history as a Jurassic Park fan. A little bit of cosplay, maybe some collecting, uh, theme parks, and of course, his experience on Jurassic World Velocicoaster. So, Michael, uh, I'm glad to have you here today. Uh, how you doing? Thank you. I am. I, I'm speechless. I am very happy to be here. <laughs> when oh. I was first looking for a Jurassic Park, Jurassic World podcast to listen to, you guys were the first ones, and I was like, these guys are so cool. They just shoot the breeze about Jurassic, and you feel like the part of the family when you just listen to this podcast yeah and that, i never thought i'd be it. here and here i am <laughs> dreams do come true <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i can make that dream come true i don't know it's not a very lofty dream but uh i'm glad you you feel that way <laughs> all right you. so this is what i i always ask uh this is the first question i always ask get it started off this way if you were stuck in a kitchen with a velociraptor what would you do and would you make it out alive? Oh, um, uh, yeah, I, I would. I'd have my clicker <laughs> on me, and they'd just look at me like, Dad, is that you? <laughs> and then I'd just slowly creep my way up there. And then just... <laughs> you, you just put your hand behind their head, and you, you just scratch them behind the ears, and then they just roll over, and then you just walk out there. I mean... Wow. It, I, I'm pretty sure Owen's done that, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't think we've ever gotten an answer like that, and I absolutely love it. I don't know why more people haven't gone that route. Uh, that is pretty perfect. Got your clicker. You know what to do. You've, you've trained plenty. You've trained plenty of raptors yourself, I think. So you've got it down. 
<laughs> it helps when you have a bag of InGen branded treats on you. Too. <laughs> so Just not you, the peanut butter. They're sick of that one. <laughs> you are one of like the few uh, people I think to actually get out alive uh, from the kitchen. Not many people are like, yeah, I'll make it out fine. You were pretty like nonchalant about it. You're like, yeah, I'll get out. It's easy. I'm fine. Uh, no problem. No problem. That's that's rare here on the podcast. You got to have that confidence. I mean, you think you're going to die. You're going to die. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Uh, for, for anybody listening, uh, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Like, what kind of stuff do you do? Who are you? Why are you here? Let's, let's talk about it. Hello, I'm Michael Corelli. Or wait a minute. No, I'm Owen Grady. <laughs> at least at Universal Orlando. Not officially. I'm a... I'm just a fan. I <laughs> My brain is not working right now. So if you don't know me, or you might have seen me, there was a viral TikTok that went around from a person we are not going to name that said, I was Chris Pratt. And from behind, I mean, yeah, I guess. But why would Chris Pratt be in Orlando when it was 95 degrees out in a pleather vest, pants, and boots? So I, I, I cosplay Owen Grady, and well, I take some toy photos, yeah. and I make memes, and I <laughs> just overall, tons of shenanigans. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love, I love every aspect of, you know, your version of, of the fandom and, and what you produce and what you like to do. Um, you know, like I, I kind of set it up in the beginning, but you have, you have so many different aspects of your fandom, which... You know, you're you're big into the movies. You you do the cosplay stuff. You collect <clears throat> a ton of stuff. You're a theme park guy, um, and that I, I feel like I don't know. There, I feel like there's a select amount of people that like kind of cover the whole you know range of of fandoms, and and you've kind of got it down, and that's awesome. And you know, I'm I'm. Um, you know, an active part of the theme park community. Obviously, you are as well. And I'm part of the Jurassic Park theme park, uh, just the Jurassic Park community, as you as you are as well. So it's like it's hard to find that crossover. There's not a lot of us, I don't think, that that kind of handle both things. You know, I mean, I started out as a casual Jurassic fan, and it was it was kind of my outlet for a while. Mm -hmm. Just with with the theme parks, I. I did the photography. I I kind of worked my way up to being a Jurassic fan. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. My brain is so blank right now. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Jurassic World, I think Jurassic World is kind of the thing that just pushed me over the edge when Fallen Kingdom came out. Mm -hmm. That was my version of the Lost World, kind of like Ooh, how yeah. just like what you had, you had all the marketing and the promotional material, all the toys, everything hitting overload. And for me, that was, this was my lost world. That's kind of what tipped me over the edge and just the Mattel stuff. I always wanted to buy Jurassic Park toys, but I wasn't impressed with Hasbro. And then <laughs> we got the figures without the screw holes and just the really detailed paint apps. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> And I think I did. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I love that, man. So, you, you've got it. You've literally got it all covered. So it's like every aspect. And I, I just love that. Um, so you said you said that uh, 
like I guess the theme parks and the new franchise kind of you know got you kickstarted. Like, what was your first kind of introduction to to Jurassic Park? Was it uh, the newer films or the theme park stuff? Where did you first like kind of you know become a fan? Um, that's a good question because. I have ADHD, so I hyperfixate on things, and I think this is the thing that I hyperfixated on the longest. I mean, I've always loved dinosaurs. I grew up going to the theme parks. My, I never. Jurassic kind of came in later. Like like I said earlier, I was a casual fan, but I never went to Universal. I have three sisters, so we always went to Disney and. And the only place you can get dinosaurs is on the dinosaur ride. But there's no princesses at Animal Kingdom. So that was my outlet for a while. And then I saw Jurassic Park when I was 10. And I was just casual at the time. And then I went on the ride at Universal in 2011. And I was like, oh, that that's pretty cool. I wanted to go on it over and over and over again. And then Jurassic World came out. I was already a big Chris Pratt fan. And I, I guess that's that's kind of where my personality stems from. Just He's so happy and goofy and happy-go-lucky. And yeah, he, he was a big inspiration for me. I just, I based my weight loss off of him. I saw his weight loss. I was like, if he can do it, I can do it too. And then that kind of went into play with the Owen cosplay thing. A lot of people picked up on that, the team members, guests, and just it made people happy. So I kept up with that, and it kind of created an identity. But I think Fallen Kingdom is the point where I just lost it and dove into the deep end. I I really love that film. I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. Um, it's something that, you know, people really got super fixated when Jurassic World came out really like everybody kind of came back because there was a big 14 year like hiatus essentially uh, between these films Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World and then Fallen Kingdom it it seemed like it went like a few different ways like people either loving it or or not liking it as much and I I just love that movie so much and I, I I agree it is kind of like it does feel like the Lost World in terms of like the marketing and stuff like that as well outside of the film. I know a lot of people compare like the film content, what's in there to the Lost World as well. Yeah. But um, that marketing, like between the Lost World, that was my favorite thing. I've talked about that so much on the show. How like just the vibe, the the amount, like everything about the imagery of the Lost World marketing was so, so good. And then Fallen Kingdom comes out and it's like Universal's like, hey, we're going to give you probably the biggest marketing campaign of any movie you've ever seen in the history of any film ever. <laughs> and yeah. it was just, I was blown away by that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really something else. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when they started that push, it's just, Oh my gosh. I, I worked at Toys R Us at the time and that was hard work in there because you'd see all the new toys rolling in and you'd be like, I want this, I want that. And I was all over the place. I had Star Wars, I had Marvel, I had a few DC, the NECA horror stuff. And I was like, nope, I'm selling my whole collection. I'm going to focus on Jurassic because there was finally some good product coming out. They never really put that much out for Jurassic World, I don't think. 
And right next to me, I have my life-size baby blue. I sold so much for that and just this collection in general. I just, I love it. It brings me so much joy. And just this community too is so friendly. It, uh, we feel like one big family here. <laughs> I I agree. That's that's absolutely for sure. I think um, some some fandoms it's hard to get into. It's hard to kind of find your your place. And and like I said, you found you know a, a bunch of different places throughout you know these two fandoms here. I would say. And um, yeah, the collecting portion, man. That that is something that like anchors you in and and gets you like fixated on something. Like when I was a kid, that's like I had the Kenner stuff, and I you know, that kind of anchored me as like a, a solid Jurassic fan back then. And then, you know, I've continued that trend uh, on, you know, still today. And yeah, you mentioned Hasbro uh, back in Jurassic World. That is a bummer, like that we never got the like legit Jurassic World toys. Y yes, we've gotten some things that are very similar for the Fallen Kingdom merch, but uh, I would still love like that Jurassic World, like go, like kind of do what they're doing with like the Legacy Collection, how they're showcasing all the, uh, you know, the different different Jurassic Park films. I would love for them to actually do like a Jurassic World, a true Jurassic World Legacy. I guess we've kind of started to see that with the Apatosaurus, so yeah. so that's kind of like the the footstep in. Um, but yeah, I, I need the like uh, the white outfit Claire, and I want Mizrani and Doctor Wu and all those people. It would be so awesome to have all those. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then you got the Amber collection too. And yes. I really love the Amber collection. I'm like, I need more. I need more. Show me more. Because <laughs> that, that Pteranodon that came out, oh, that is just a perfect figure. I have zero complaints. I, I, I took it out of the box and I'm like, this is flawless. <laughs> and then their, I... their Chris Pratt sculpt looked great. I think that was probably our best Chris Pratt action figure, including the Hasbro Marvel stuff, even with their their photo reel tech. That's an interesting one. I, I haven't checked out the other ones uh, for like, you know, the Marvel stuff, but I have just recently I checked out the comparison between, you know, Sam Jackson and his like his Ray yeah. Arnold and uh, his, you know, uh, Nick Fury, specifically like the uh, Captain Marvel one, because it's like similar time periods and, and he was, should look similar. Um, and and the Captain Marvel toy, like the likeness blows it out of the water. Uh, I don't think you can really deny that the likeness is not on par with the Amber collection for this figure specifically. But I still love that Ray Arnold or John yeah. Raymond Arnold, as as it says on the package there. It's still a really, really cool figure. The Amber collection yeah. is is so much fun, man. I love it so much. And we got the bloody arm. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> I have my Ray Arnold with my uh, six-inch black series Mace Windu lightsaber. He's fighting off the back of rafters. That is what happened in Jurassic Park. I love that. Any, any kind of not with him. Any kind of toy photography where you can like you know mix up these two different things. I, I follow a few different accounts that do that, and it's always so much fun to see these things interact like that. Um, so when it comes to collecting I, I know like obviously you can tell behind you i can see a lot of different a lot of different stuff so you mentioned you weren't really into hasbro stuff um but i know i, I know you're like a lego guy mattel yeah. do, do you have any kenner and i know you're into the big collectible stuff like what what is uh your range i guess of collecting oh my um 
So I actually don't have any Kenner because I would want the mint on card and mint on card Jurassic is non-existent pretty much. And if you do find it, it's some of the characters I don't want. Like it's, it's another money pit for me. I mean, it would be cool. I just don't have the room. And I, personally, I would just want a Raptor if I were to get a Kenner figure in the box. I mean, I love Ian Malcolm too, but I, I think I would be okay with a Raptor. But right now it's it's just space and I'm kind of setting money aside if they ever do a life-size adult blue. <laughs> <laughs> because chronicle when they were around they were like okay guys what do you want us to make next and i'm like life-size adult blue every single time and they would do a little winky face and i'd be like all right fine i'll I'll be okay with a bust i don't know (laughs) if you saw the tiger raptor life-size bust Mm -hmm. that it's just so sad that we didn't get that but it's even sadder what happened with that that company um yeah that's a whole thing unto itself (laughs) Yeah, um, it's I don't get every single thing I pick and choose lately with the Mattel stuff. I had to really slow down because I have three full shelves of nothing but Mattel. And it's not because of quality or anything. I just I don't have room. (laughs) But when the Mattel stuff came out, I didn't think we were going to get all these repaints and all these new species. So I was like. I'm going to collect everything. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then you started getting exclusives in Mexico and Canada. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Because you go on eBay, it's like 70 to $100. And I'm thankful for what I have. I'll I'll get lucky here and there on those pre-orders. But when it started, I was just trying to jump on top of everything because... Mm -hmm. I personally, I, I didn't know that there was this amount of demand out there for Jurassic. I was kind of scared. I was like, I don't know if this stuff is going to be around. So let me get it now before it disappears. And some of that actually really disappeared, especially that lava surge playset and the Spinosaurus. Those went like that. And I'm thankful to have those. That's the problem. Like, I have that fear as well with a few things and I've been, um, you know, kind of critical about the, the Dennis Nedry set with the Jeep and everything. You know, I've been very critical about the, the fact that it's just not up to par with what we want to see. And I still found myself in target the other day and I was looking at the shelf and there was a bunch of them right there. And I'm like, all right, I still, I I think I still got to get it because I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to get this raincoat Nedry in three and three quarter inch size. Like, I don't know if we're going to get that again, even though it's not painted a hundred percent, this entire package, like the box looks really cool. Like, I, I don't know. There was so much that to art. it that I'm like, it's yeah, it's really good art. But like, yeah. I was just like, I don't know. Do I really want to support something that's not a full product or a full vision? But at the same time, I don't want to let it go disappear you know because that happens like you said there there are items where you're like i'll wait on that like for me the the amargosaurus is one that like i waited and i waited i saw it a bunch of times like online and different stuff where i could have ordered it but then at the end of the day i didn't get it and now it's like gone nowhere to be found and super pricey online and i don't want to pay those 
gouged prices and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you got to kind of do what's yeah. right for you and buy when you buy when you can buy, buy what you want to buy. For me, I'm I'm kind of like, I'll get the stuff that I like. Uh, I, th- I feel like we have a very similar kind of pattern where like we started off pretty hardcore with all of it. And then <laughs> at, some, at some point, yeah, it's like when they they do wave after wave after wave after wave. It's shocking, and not, none of us ever expected that, but here we are, and we're still getting more, and movies are getting delayed. So, like, what? how? How are they doing this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the um, Orlando is also not the best place for toy collectors because there's a lot of scalpers here, as well as uh, we're the last yeah. state to get anything. So it's blink and you miss it gone. You mm-hmm. You never know. It's very hard to predict. I was like that with the Amber collection because I didn't know if Mattel had enough faith in it or if there was enough demand. So when those Raptors came out, I scooped those up because I love my Raptor girls and (laughs) I can't find a blue like my the ankle on mine is cracked. So I think she was one of the hardest figures to find. So like. If I have to, I'll pre-order through Entertainment Earth, but Target has been coming in hard with restocks mm. and getting the harder to find figures. I think probably the hardest yeah. thing to find here is the Savage Strikes. I uh, yeah, my shelves have been kind of like I mean, I wouldn't say vacant, but like outside of like a bunch of Amber collection and some of the bigger items down below, the top portion is kind of vacant. Like there's not a lot going on there at my stores. And I, I, I'm still worried. I've always been worried about the Amber collection at Target because we saw it um, with Echo and Delta. I think Delta. they were the first ones. Um, yeah, they were the first ones there and they stayed there. And actually I was just there yesterday and they were still on um uh, clearance and uh, you know oh, wow. I, I literally i was walking in some random like section like with like carpets or something and, like on the back of the shelf was like a bunch of amber collection i was like what okay um you, you know, know like what eight would look bucks. nice in your living room some velociraptors <laughs> i do yeah I when those went it. on clearance those disappeared from my local stores which is good but yeah it's still kind of scary to see it get that low yeah but hopefully you know, Mattel adjusts the prices. I'm not gonna hold my breath. They're still excellent figures. But thirty-four dollars a raptor is a bit much mm-hmm. for the general public, I think, if you're not a hardcore fan like us. Yeah, absolutely. And plus for all the all the people like us that are pre order we're all getting these online. We're pre ordering them from any site out there, whichever one. Um, Target, you know, we're all getting them pre ordered from Target now with the uh, Beyond the Gates stuff. And And then they're also hitting the store, and it's like they're just stockpiling. I went to Target yesterday, like I said, and there was, there had to be, I don't even know, close to 20 uh, Dennis Nedry packs. Wow. Um, No joke. There was like stacks of them. It it was outrageous. So I don't know. Are those going to leave? Or are they going to end up like uh, a lot of the the other stuff? I don't know. It it worries me, all this this Jurassic Uh push at Target these days. I don't know. It's hard to hard to say what's going to happen. I wonder if the reason why we got him is just to go back to that one episode of Jurassic Wire, your talk with Aaron about the that Nedry scene. I I wonder if they were bank they were banking on that. Well, that's or yeah, just that's the general nostalgia. That's been my my thought process. It feels odd. It feels odd that there are so many references these days to Dennis Nedry. Like, why would you do that? Why? 
why would that be the case? Because, like, yes, he's a popular-ish character, and everybody kind of knows, but, like, they mostly know Nedry as, like, Newman. You know, they'll say Newman first, yeah. so it's like a, he's a Seinfeld character first. Um, but, like, you know, he's popular, but, like, not like the other ones, I don't think. So it's interesting to me that he's getting all this push in, in you know, different toy forms and stuff like that. It just feels like there was something more behind it, and... You know, maybe maybe it would be a flashback or something like that, and then the timing is all messed up because of Dominion and, and COVID pushing it to 2022. So I don't know, but I feel like I'm onto something with that theory. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Somebody owes you ten dollars when Dominion opens up and that scene <laughs> plays. <laughs> Somebody out there, give me uh, ten dollars for that. If I get it right, please. Yes, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> So, um, give me like a few, uh, what is like some of your favorite items in your collection? Like, do you have a, a few different ones that like, you know, just instantly come to mind? The first one is the life-size baby blue. That yeah. is, I think that kind of was the first, probably my most expensive purchase ever because I, cl I was collecting Star Wars hot toys for the longest time and I sold those because they were discontinued figures and it immediately bought me blue. So yeah, I just, I love blue. <laughs> I, just, I, I have a blue shrine on one of my shelves. I pretty much buy, buy anything blue and I keep it there. Um, the next one I would probably say is my first legacy Spinosaurus. And the prop sign that I have from Universal Studios, which was part of the Fallen Kingdom display. Oh. It's a wooden sign that they used in their shelving. Mm -hmm. And I bought it at the prop shop. So that was cool to officially own a part of Universal Studios. And then probably the grand opening pin for Velocicoaster. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. I love the artwork on it, the sunset. I think that's kind of where I got my inspiration for my painting from. <laughs> yeah you know like I, I didn't even mention the art you know the artwork and stuff like that in in the opening and your photography so you've got like another layer too so like that's awesome i love that painting that you did it's really really cool thank you oh i remembered i i'm sorry i can't believe i forgot this my uh ian malcolm funko pop that i got signed by jeff goldblum at oh. megacon 2018 there you go that's a good it, one. Meeting I, you know, him I, was amazing. I <laughs> you just yeah, go that, up to him and he's like, "Ha ha, here I am. <laughs> I'm Jeff Goldblum." <laughs> that's I can't imagine. You're like, being graced with my presence. I, I I would probably be way too nervous to do that interaction, but yeah, that's that's amazing. I know he was making those rounds back then, and everybody you know was bringing their Funko Pops or whatever the case may be, like to get him signed. That must have been awesome. Yeah, and the thing is, you. It was chaos that day, and I was working as a cosplay photographer, taking photos. I had clients all throughout the day, and my friends were just hanging out the, at the con, and I was like, if I give you this pop, can you meet him for me? Here's some money. And I go, oh, yeah, sure. And then his schedule got moved around last minute, as things do at conventions, so you could entirely miss meeting him. And I wrapped up with my shoots on time and i walked down there i was like okay let me see if he's still here and they're like go 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 he's 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 going over there now 
and they made sure everybody had their cash ahead of time and they gave you a little sticky note on how many autographs you were getting and he buzzed through that line like crazy that was probably the shortest wait i've ever had for any celebrity very professional he gave everybody the right amount of time it it was an experience and i can't believe i forgot to mention that (laughs) maybe one day i'll be able to meet um alan and ellie and i'm i'm definitely bringing my my Owen and Claire pops just in case to the Velocicoaster grand opening with a paint pen. You never know, but <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. That, that might be a tough, uh, thing to track down. There's, you know, the amount of people coming out and, uh, the amount, you know, actually you could probably do some of those autographs that people are going to, you know, uh, confuse the two of you. Like you said, from that yeah. TikTok video, <laughs> let's talk about the cosplay for a second. Cause like, just watch me get a cease and desist from Chris <laughs> Pratt. <laughs> Oh, hey, kid, that's really cool what you're doing. Stop. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't get a trespass from the parks, everything's good. You don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Then it all goes out the window. Um, that is hilarious, though, that it was recently that you just got. Uh, I'm sure it's happened a lot. But like, so yeah. so talk, talk to me about like seeing people think that you were Chris Pratt for a second in Orlando and and also like after that take me back to like the beginning of your your cosplay journey okay so for uh for what happened this sunday i had the annual pass holder preview for jurassic world velocicoaster and because this was kind of a thing this this identity that i took on as being the guy that goes to universal and pretends to be chris pratt not really but owen I don't go around announcing, look, it's me, Owen. But people pick up on it and they, they get in the mood. They, they're they like, oh, hey, Owen. And we kind of ramble around on the about the Raptors and get into character. And so, yeah, I just went there that day and I was getting pulled to the side for photos, video. Marketing knew who I was because it's if you check my Twitter or social media, I'm just bombarding everybody's timeline with Velocicoaster and photos of me and cosplay. And then there was a uh, TikToker we will not name took a video of my back turned at the Starbucks and Islands of Adventures port of entry. And he tagged Chris Pratt in there and he's like, Hey, look everybody. It's Chris Pratt. And so Apparently, some people who knew I who I was, they were like, uh, a lot of people are trying to find you right now because they think you're Chris. So <laughs> I was walking around. I was getting stopped for photos, just chilling out on the waterfront. I had one lady come and grab my arm, and she's like, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, you're not the guy. That's yeah. too fun. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine because, like, uh, you know, so that stuff spreads around and, and all of a sudden people, you know, think that he's out there and, uh, I'm sure, yeah, it was probably, probably fun, a little bit of a nightmare, but also just kind of awesome just to, just to have that experience. But, um, but yeah, take me back to the beginning. Cause I just want to learn more about like what got you interested and, uh, and I, you know, I've you obviously talked a little bit about, you know, uh, Chris Pratt and, and Owen and Jurassic world and all that. So how, how did you get into, uh, what you're doing now? 
All right, so for the cosplay, I never wanted to be a cosplayer because I... All right, so I used to be really overweight and I wasn't happy with myself. So I was like, all right, let me be the camera guy. And my friends who are cosplayers, I would practice taking photos for them. And then Owen's vest, they put that out at Hot Topic as a replica. And I was like, oh yeah, let me, let me, let me wear that. Because before this, before Fallen Kingdom, I tried cosplaying as Owen once. And that was for our Lego Jurassic World building event. When I was working at Toys R Us, I cut up a brown shirt, make a vest and I put that on and I was saying hi to the kids with Jeffrey. Funny thing <laughs> is one kid, when he got up to me, he looked at me and he started crying because he thought that I was going to sick the raptors on him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that, that was always kind of in the back of my mind. I was like, this that was really fun. And so circling back to Fallen Kingdom, I got the vest and everything. And I went out and I met Blue. It kind of got a negative reaction. I posted my photos and I was like, oh, this is what I look like. And I was getting bullied for it, too. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to show you. And <laughs> circling back to Chris Pratt's weight loss thing, I was like, if he can do it, I can do it, too. And so from April of 2019 to December, I went from being 287 pounds down to 202, jumping about three clothing sizes and just improving the cosplay and feeling more like that character people started getting into it and i started getting some positive reactions from it and it just boosted my confidence and with that i made a lot of new friends i started talking to tom and clever fangirl and memes everybody just kind of reached out and they're like this is really cool really cool and i actually made friends with a girl who cosplayed as Claire. So we went around a couple of times, took photos, <laughs> got stopped by some park guests. I had, there was one lady that just shoved her baby in my friend's arms. She's like, here, I want a photo with you guys. The baby was dressed up as little baby Alan Grant, Aww, which is really cute. <laughs> and then I had one guy break down crying because Jurassic meant so much to him and he loved our characters and what we did with it. And it's just, it makes people happy. It makes me happy. I've made so many friends through it and I'm just, I'm thankful for the reactions. Jurassic brings people together. Yeah. I, oh, I, I totally agree. I feel like throughout this fandom, you see that time and time again where, you know, people are just randomly brought together and it ch it's like changing everybody's lives in, in certain ways. And that's, that's amazing yeah. that it could do that for you and get you in shape and get you to, you know, to this awesome place and, and to make all these cool friends. I mean, that's, that's really all you can ask for. That's that's amazing. It's got to be something cool. interesting to like to go out there and to to meet all these people and and just see those reactions. That's got to be really special. Yeah. Oh, it, it it was. It's it's definitely given me a voice. Thank you so much for all you've done for me, Brad, and just <laughs> just it, the simplest things, just retweets, favorites, and just talking back and forth. It's you guys have definitely made a difference in my life. And for that, I'm thankful. And I don't take any of it for granted. Uh, you know, it's just it, this 
this past December, I was going through something and Tom and Neems and Laura, aka Clever Fangirl, I didn't say anything what was going on. They just texted me all in that day and it was all at once. It was kind of weird. It's like, <laughs> are you following me? <laughs> and just, I feel so loved. That's the thing. Like we, none of us like are, and it's, it's always so difficult to kind of, you know, put in words, but like, we're not all in person friends, but that doesn't matter. Like, you know, yeah. we're all good friends no matter what. Like, and I feel like these days there, there's the divide between like friends and internet friends. It's, it's disappearing and like, we're all just good friends. So like if people post things that seem out of whack and, you're, and we're all like, okay, what's going on there today? Like we need to find out and make sure everybody's all good. Cause you never know. Yeah. Like, with the internet and 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 how everybody is, so uh, I think the the Jurassic fandom is is pretty amazing for that. And yeah, all those people you mentioned, I know Tom is like he's always one of the first people to 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 boost you up and to make everybody feel good. So I love that about yeah. Tom. You know, it's amazing. But you know, that's what you're doing too. Like like you just said with your you know the your interactions and stuff like that. What I love about it is I love seeing like your your videos with you going up to the the blue meet and greet the raptor encounter dude that is so much fun because you're you post these all the time and i never get tired of you know seeing these different uh encounters and stuff like that it's always so much fun you know because you have only like oh it's so short it's like not even sometimes like 30 seconds it feels like but i feel like something maybe you get a little bit more time because of the outfit or anything but like it's so awesome to watch you get up there and do the do the routine and everybody knows the drill you know it's it's pretty cool yeah there was uh there was one kid that i met in october last year when they started doing the halloween thing at ioa where you could dress up and go around and get candy he was all decked out in his jurassic clothing and after I met Blue, he had his mom pull me aside and he showed me the video of him meeting Blue. He's like, do you think I could make a good raptor trainer someday? And I was like, cool. <laughs> You're so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> because he thought I was the real Owen. Yeah. And then oh my God. just the shenanigans with Blue. It's a different encounter every time. I did break... I did break blue once and <laughs> that was when I did Chris's warm up video or his warm up dance. Okay, I know where you're behind going. the scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's that famous gif. And I started dancing around and Blue's like, What is going on? <laughs> and the handler's like, He wants you to dance, Blue. So she starts going up and down, just bobbing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like totally new experience for Blue. I'm sure that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, she I love need that to work encounter. On her dance moves. Oh, poor Blue. Well, that's what you're for. You're there to train. And... Yeah. <laughs> I I just love that encounter so much. Just you know, it, it brings so much joy to everybody, and and a lot of fear too. Because I yeah. brought my kid there. He was a little a little scared maybe the first few times we went. Um, and every time you go, there's always some kid or or somebody that's just like a little terrified. <laughs> so it's fun to watch. It's it's a powerful moment, and I think like. It's just a really, really cool experience. And the fact that Blue, like, you know, for a bunch of years, it was just a bunch of different Raptors that they looked fine. They looked cool. It was still a cool interaction. But when they upgraded to Blue, that was just, you know, a huge difference. It's a whole new level. Mm -hmm. Just the eyes and just everything. Just the teeth. How she moves. Yeah. Just the subtle little twitch of the jaw. It's Mm -hmm. 
it's fantastic. Well, yeah, and I love that they've kind of like corralled her into this like pen. Um, and and when you look out at the the one out in uh, California at Hollywood's Park, uh, I like this one so much more because that one is just out in the open. You you see the entire body, which it when ruins it's not, the illusion. Yeah, when it's not obscured behind some giant ferns and a big fence, it it looks a little funny. But uh, I love the one in Orlando. It's so much. It's so much fun. So much better. And it's literally like I'll I'll wait for that thing every single time I go. Yeah, I like how Hollywood's. It looks like Blue's wearing pumps. <laughs> Blue, yeah, it's she like learned Blue from Claire's mistake so t- of wearing the heels. <laughs> Blue is so tall out there, and just like the stature, everything about it is a little strange. I mean, I'm sure I would wait for that one too, but like. It just seems a little like not as fun, not as like in, uh, immersive as as the one in Florida. So, I, I yeah, they get even... you with that Lost World music. Uh, Malcolm's oh. Journey is the track that usually plays, and then you get the little spiel about Masrani Global and Jurassic mm. World, and this is a live encounter. And it's I like the new costumes too. They're they're kind of like Owen, kind of not though. They got the Jurassic World patch. They got the raptor mm-hmm. tooth necklace, which is cool. Reminds yeah. me of Darius. Yeah, very true. I mean, they kind of like straddle the line between we want to represent Owen and like Dr. Grant all at the same time. We want to kind of like mix all these things and may- maybe even a little bit of like a Muldoon vibe or something. But like they want to mix them. So at least the iconography is familiar, right? Yeah. Feels like it at least. Because the original raptor encounter, it was straight up Alan Grant the costume mm. except for the bandana was around their wrist like blue mm. bit them oh. <laughs> i uh i don't think i've been to the most like the, yeah no i definitely haven't been to the updated iteration that that popped up uh what sometime last year i think right um yeah it was right when the parks reopened for covid they had that whole area under construction between Velocicoaster and that while the park was closed, they didn't even have the walls up around there. They were just bouncing back and forth for the construction there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was that, looking at some of bio reconstructs photos <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Thank God for those photos because like it really showcases where the path has gone and and because like from time to time you would go there and the path would be in a different spot and you're like where am i walking these days like it's all over the place it's because they well they got to switch it over and work on something over there or over here um so yeah moving over to the theme park stuff um when all that construction started and and they kind of we all kind of knew what was going on what were your thoughts on you know kind of in a way saying goodbye to like the view and like how things looked and, and uh, some of the Jurassic park vibe, like uh, down there in the waterfront. When they started ripping out trees, I was like, Oh no, I I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't give them the benefit of the doubt because Jurassic for a while, it felt like the, like it was neglected because Mm -hmm. everything was Potter, this Potter, that, Potter gets all the budget. Potter gets all the love. Potter gets all the merchandise. Yeah. And Jurassic, eh, you'll be okay. <laughs> we got some and, some some Fallen Kingdom banners to put up. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, and that's not that's not on creative. Creative no. wants to do all this stuff. They they're passionate about the property. It was mostly the executives that were scared, and 
their data showed that Jurassic actually tests well or tests better than Potter. So that's kind of why they went all in for this project there. But we didn't know that at that time. We were just, oh, God, what is happening? What is happening? What are you doing? It's going to be ruined. Because a lot of people looked at the flying dinosaur overseas and we kind of Uh expected that to happen here. Thank goodness we did not get that here. I know (laughs) that track just goes all over the place. It looks like roller coaster tycoon. It's seriously like um, the flying dinosaur one. That kind of ride is, is very fun. It's I don't, I forget actually that one, if it's short or not, but like I have a very similar ride out here um, and it's like super short and it's like not worth the wait. And then when you looked at like the, the way that they finalized that, that area, it's like concrete everywhere. You know, it's just like, not a very, you know, nice looking <laughs> spot of land. Um, and that Jurassic waterfront had, has, has always been this like really, really luscious area with the most amazing tall, like palm trees and, and stuff like that. It really, really impressive area and just such a, a fun place to just go hang out for a little bit. Mm. Um, so I know I was right there uh, along with you and a lot of others that were like, <sighs> really like it's going to be the weird. It's castle of islands of adventure. Mm-hmm. That that's the thing. Like I know a lot of us that frequent the park a lot will will definitely go down to that waterfront when you first get to the park. A lot, not a lot of people do that. They kind of just go right or left. But I always go f- straight down, and I look across the water, and I'm like, "This is awesome. This is this is Jurassic. Yeah. It feels right. Everything about it is beautiful." And and um and that it scared me. It definitely scared me. And I. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I ne- I didn't necessarily give them the benefit of the doubt, but like I, I was like, I'm I'm bummed. I'm mad. I don't I don't love this choice, and I I want the view there. I'm sure the ride will be great, but I I, I just want this view, you know. Like, but yeah. I think you know the view is, it's not <laughs> it's not the pristine look that it used to be, but it's still it's still a good look, you know. And especially with the fact that they they brought in so many plants and trees and everything, it really is almost even more luscious than it was before, you know? Yeah, just the pops of color, the different plants that they put in there, it feels mm-hmm. very layered. And once you're down there, it feels like this area has coexisted with Jurassic Park forever. Just the way they blend the colors, the textures, everything. The focal points are just perfect. And nothing obstructs mm-hmm. the other. It doesn't take away. It just it feels so perfect being over there. I, I do love the introduction of Fallen Kingdom music into the park there. Like yes. that. Well, I heard, I, I think it was Alicia or somebody had posted like that the park music has changed in that land, like the background music. And somebody was talking about Jurassic World. There was like a video or something. And I was like, please say they have Fallen Kingdom. And then somebody else commented and they're like, yep, there's Fallen Kingdom. And I'm like, Yes, like it just it, it's it's going to be I mean, for me, it'll be awesome to hear it in person. I'm sure you've been freaking out about it, too. Yeah, I I love that score. I I I when I'm working on my art or photos, I have Fallen Kingdom on repeat. Just it's that movie is so overly dramatic and I love it. <laughs> and the, the score is so in your face, too. So when you're down there, it's mostly the more ambient tracks. You do get a lot of the in park music so you have the hammond lab overture you have the t-rex kingdom one you have a lot of the suites 
Um, you do have the regular Jurassic World theme. You have the family theme with Zack and Gray. Mm-hmm. And then you also get some of the Maisie tracks. Ooh. And you get the the Fallen Kingdom. I believe it's at Jurassic World's end. Mm, that okay. whole score. And that's also a good way for you to figure out how long your wait is because that song alone is like 10 minutes. And then they also have some random dinosaur noises too. When you pass by the, the Raptor statues on the podiums every now and then they'll bark and you'll hear some other dinosaurs closer to the water too. So you'll hear a Brachiosaurus going like, And just uh, other dinosaurs down there every now and then. It's not obnoxious. It's it's a very peaceful area. That's that's exactly the kind of stuff that we've wanted. I mean, for years, we've all been saying like this land feels uh, it doesn't feel. Yeah, it feels empty. Um, You know, you mentioned it before. All the love has kind of gone to Harry Potter and some other stuff. But like. And honestly, even for me, and I hate to say it, but Jurassic has kind of been a a land that you don't necessarily spend a ton of time in. Um, You kind of like do the thing because the river adventure is like it's a hit or miss attraction if you if you want to go on that. You know, is it the kind of day where you want to go and get wet on an attraction or no? Um, So it really depends on like what you want to do there. And now. I mean, they've changed it completely. Like it's it's a place that you you definitely have to go and spend some time in, and uh, there's a lot to do there now. And I I, I love it. I, I think it's going to be great. It it's still interesting to me to see the iconography of and literally right next to each other, Jurassic World, and then right up there you have Jurassic Park logo. So it's like, I wonder what the plan is. You know, overall. And uh, they do separate it when you start to go go down to the waterfront. It's that Jurassic World transition. They still play pretty much just Lost World music when you go through the rest of the land. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I um, I mean, look, that's that's something we've all loved is you, you go through those gates, you hear the music, and I've always loved the fact that there's a lot of, like, Lost World tracks and stuff. And I think the land has always been a little fun for me just because of the – like the stuff in the, the the Discovery Center down there, there's always like a lot of cool stuff going on for like, you know, big fans. And a lot of people might not even know that stuff was ever down there. Um, so there was always stuff to explore. Plus with Camp Jurassic, almost said Cretaceous there for a second. Um, but like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, Camp Cretaceous is coming to Universal? <laughs> Wait, we'll get to all that, I'm sure, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, what, what have your thoughts been on like the river adventure over the years. Uh, I know you said like earlier, you kind of set it up that you, you liked it, right? (laughs) I I love river adventure, but it's not in good shape. It's, it's kind of like a little kid. It's just what a kid says, a doozy or something. And you're like, Oh, I love you. But that was embarrassing. (laughs) It's just, that's how some of the animatronics are and it just i i love that ride but it 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 needs some good love and not just skins on the dinos it it needs the update yeah will that ever come i don't know maybe in the future but it seems kind of after the fact if they do it once the trilogy is over you know 
Yeah, I mean, if they were going to do it, like, they should have just rehauled everything all at once. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of years probably before anything yeah. would end up coming, you know, at this point, especially with Epic, Epic Universe down the road and, uh, you know, other you know projects, too. It's just like, yeah, when, when are they going to get the time for that? Especially because it's not just River Adventure. I mean, you got to do something, I think, with the... Discovery Center and the rest of the land and Camp Jurassic like it's a big update that you would have to do you know yeah there is a uh, easter egg an audio easter egg at the end of Velocicoaster mm. which I don't know if you want to get to now well, or we'll get to, yeah we'll get to some of those in, in our, our little spoiler discussion towards the end for Velocicoaster right. um, but uh, alright so yeah actually I guess we can actually just move right into uh, Velocicoaster. So we talked kind of about uh, like a little bit about the setup, but like you, you know, our feelings on, on that moving in what, uh, you know, going into your, your pass holder preview and stuff like that, what were your expectations on this? Cause you've, you've been there like a ton of times, just kind of getting glimpses of it and just taking pictures and just watching it because it's been testing for so long now, it seems like what were your thoughts kind of going in, uh, on what to expect for the ride and the queue? I kind of left my expectations blank. I knew they were putting a lot of love into it just based on marketing and merchandise and just the details. They they didn't have to go as hard as they did, but they knocked this out of the park. So I just I I went in with a blank a blank mind. I wanted to be open and experience and not let my expectations get in the way of what was delivered if if you know what i mean i just mm -hmm. i didn't want to go in like oh you needed this and this and this i just wanted to enjoy it and i think we do that a lot with media we kind of form our opinions on it before we even experience it and then we get disappointed <laughs> when it's not what we want and so yeah and another thing that i want to mention is i am not a coaster person at all <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> the most intense coaster that I've been on, a lot of people are probably going to laugh at this, is Expedition Everest. So I've never done Hulk. I've never done Rocket. And my nerves kind of just overtook me. I was excited to be there. I was I was thankful and I ran in and I saw the loading platform. I'm like, uh, do I do I go? And yes, I go. It's Jurassic. I'm obligated. I have to do it. I have to say I've done it. If I don't like it, I won't ride it after I've done it the first time. But <laughs> I've gone on the ride six times now. I oh. love it. It's it's an absolute home run. Just the lead up to it. They encapsulated the franchise perfectly. It just it feels like it's been there. It it feels like an extension of the movies. It really does. And I'm not 100% sure if it's canon, but it definitely feels like a canon attraction. Yeah, it's it's always interesting, canonically speaking, because like these these days, theme parks love to immerse you in a world and, and uh, you know, try to make it as legit as possible to what you see in those films. Galaxy's Edge being like the, the, kind of like the, the number one thing right now as far as like this is canon. <laughs> we want you to think it's canon. Um and Jurassic has kind of towed the line and they they do things slightly differently where it's like we kind of feel like this is canon, but 
there's no way it can be. Like we talk about the river. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Jurassic World, the ride out in Hollywood. It's like it's not. It, I mean, it feels like it could be canon, but then like situations are different and things are different. Obviously, in Jurassic World, we never saw like well, really, we never saw like a, a raptor paddock that could have been for guests or anything, right? So it's plausible, I guess, that that it could have, you know. So. I talked to some people who worked on the ride and apparently there was an empty paddock and a roller coaster that existed somewhere on Isla Nublar. So that's kind of where they brought it in. At you least know, that's that, what I was told. That's, that's the kind of thing we all like, we're all like, well, where, you know, where could it have been that you have that like flyover um, in Jurassic world? There's like a little bit in Fallen Kingdom, but not as much. You don't really get a good glimpse that's what we've all clamored for is like a better glimpse at this park so you don't really get to see too much but then you get like a show like camp cretaceous that's like opening up the world and uh uh i i think by the time this is released i'm not going to spoil anything but like there this third season opens up the world a lot more and it's like whoa like there's places that we've never seen and that's so cool i would love it you know to see that um expanded upon obviously in jurassic park the game there was like a coaster on like the edge of the cliff that was super cool um but yeah we've never really seen like a paddock that could have been for raptors that was like a guest you know a viewing platform or something like that outside of what we saw which is like seemed like they're just like home paddock out in the back where they're testing stuff um in like a you know restricted area or something like that with with owen and barry and all them um but i guess you know you can't rule it out that it's <laughs> it wasn't really no. there so who knows it it's a fun uh a fun take on it and i want to you, you kind of covered like do you have anything else maybe to cover uh in a non-spoiler take on the queue or the attraction itself before i dive into what i was just about to to say hmm it goes really fast that's about it. Um, That's, I mean, yeah, how, what could you say about a, a yeah, roller coaster? It, it's a roller much, coaster. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, the queue is so well themed. It's I don't mind waiting in it at all. There's no TV monitors or anything in the in the extended queue where you're going to spend most of your time out there. But you don't need it. You have that engaging music playing. You're out there. There's fans. You see the coaster whip by. It's peaceful out there. And the dispatch on this coaster is so quick. You're, you're really moving through that queue. Yeah, I know, you know, I've, I've been on Hagrid and I'm like, Oh, that's def That's a very quick moving queue. I mean, it, you know, it's a very long queue too, but like, I, I never felt like this is taking me forever. You know, this is, this is terrible. I don't like this. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this one works as well. I, I'm used to like regional theme parks out here where I'm like, if I see any kind of weight, I'm like, I don't want to do it because there's zero things to do, to look at, to, you know, to have fun with outside of just staring at my phone. So yeah. I don't know, you know, but um, it 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 looks amazing. And, and I, I hope to get on it soon. But like everything that I've seen from the queue looks incredible. A lot of like really, really fun details in there. Um, and the ride itself. I mean, we've we've been covering it for a while now and there are some fun elements in there and uh whether it's rock work or, you know, the the animals that are in there. Like, it, it looks really, really cool. So um, I do want to get into some spoiler talk. So if anybody – I know some people are, are touchy on the fact that if they want to know about the ride ahead of time or the, the queue even, um, 
we're going to talk about all those details. So if you don't want to hear those back out, but I know probably, I don't know if everybody's like that, but um, so let's talk about the queue. Uh, there's some really, really fun details in here. Um, what, uh, what kind of stands out first? I know there's, I have like a big list of things, but um, maybe I'm probably even missing some that you've seen, but talk about that queue because it just seems incredible. All right. So when you first enter, there's this big open area like a lobby you have the two raptor statues kind of going down at you and there's going to be torches that shoot off fireballs every time the coaster comes down the drop so that's pretty cool and there's just this incredible lighting package it feels very transformers very military base it feels simple yet sophisticated at the same time there's a lot of these lights i think it's just the symmetry Everything's just so perfectly done and it syncs up together and it, it kind of looks like a toaster oven <laughs> the way it lights up red and blue. It's just, it, it, if you remember dinosaur, that ride, when you're going through the time vortex, that's kind uh -huh. of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all synchronized flashing every now and then. And it synchronizes to the, the music what they mostly play in there is the chasing the dragons track just kind of gets you upbeat. And at the end of the lobby, there's the statue. It's like a bronze statue of the four Raptors and they're on like an elevated podium. And then there's the coaster, the top hat behind them. And if you look up at the ceiling, it kind of looks like the fallen kingdom cracked magma kind of effect. And wow. that up there turns red and then, Mr. DNA is on two monitors and he does his whole locker spiel. Like I'll take it from here. We got some Raptors. You're going to go into the paddock and the lights turn purple, green, not purple, green. They turn like a purple, yellow, white when he comes on and it's just really cool. And just the symmetry between the top and the bottom, it has that cracked effect. It's, it's really cool. It gets you hyped up like the lights yeah. build up with the beats of the music and I've, I've, he I've, there's like I've, a little infographic of hey the raptors are dangerous once your stuff is gone it's gone so we're putting it in a locker <laughs> and then you turn the corner and it's a dark tunnel and it plays some of the darker tracks from this from the score it plays um oh what is it it's the track when they're being chased by the raptors and the vet car or the vet truck mm -hmm. Yeah, I forget. And then there's okay. So you're going through that tunnel. This uh hallway tunnel kind of thing. It's decked out in deck boards. It's kind of got that modern, clean, kind of like the hotel in Jurassic World. It's kind of got that vibe. It's very consistent architecture. It's all gray. And you see this wall of glass. And then you have the light beams in between. And you're just standing there like, what am I supposed to look look at? And then the coaster whips by. That's the launch tunnel flying by 70 miles per hour. But the lights, they'll light up red. They'll go from red to blue. And that's kind of the thing that ties the whole paddock together. It's, hey, the car's racing by and so are the Raptors. There's this LCD monitor effect where you're looking out at glass. You'll see the coaster whip by. And the raptors will be chasing after and what's so cool is there's different animations in there you're not going to see them 
do the same movements. So sometimes blue will be leading the way and sometimes it'll be Charlie and sometimes they'll just stop what they're doing. They'll look at you, they'll eyeball you and they'll start banging their head against the glass and then they'll give up and they'll chase after the train and just the way they light it in there, they look so three dimensional. It's, it's scary. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, you know, I've seen the video, uh, it's just like a cell phone recording or whatever. And it's hard to tell, like you can't really see what the full yeah. effect is. Like it's hard to see how it's made, how it would look dimensionally speaking. Yeah. You're, you're not getting that out of a, a, a cell phone video, but I cannot wait to see that in person. Cause it seems really crazy. Like when I first saw that video, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't look like a real, it looks like a fake coaster. Just, they just like did a video of like a coaster flying by yeah. and there's some Raptors. <laughs> But then to learn that it's actually the coaster, it's like, wait, that's crazy. Like, what is this effect? Like, some sort of, like, musion effect kind of thing like they have in different attractions, you know, all, all over the place. It's like, how how is this happening? It looks really, really awesome. And to know that they have these different, um, you know, these different things going on. Yeah, different animations. Uh, you hear that there's different things all throughout their, the, the attraction like that. So it's it's awesome that they're taking that into account. Yeah. And then there's these grates up top. You, It just looks like normal ceiling grates. There's wind jets that shoot out to make you feel like the coaster really is whipping by. I thought that was a really cool touch. That's awesome. And then you turn the corner. It's Dr. Wu. When I went through the queue, you go through this queue just so fast. You really don't get to take in his video. There's two screens, one at the front and one at the back of the room. And... There's different doors that say Raptor training, room one, room two. And then he's just talking about how they upkeep the animals. And he's explaining the next room. It's the animal husbandry area where they got the raptors and the harness. And he just talks about safety. And it's it's him being very PR. Like, hi, I'm Dr. Wu. I'm totally not a bad guy. <laughs> Him and his turtlenecks just, uh, yeah, yeah. off the latest spiel. <laughs> BD Wong is just hamming it up, and I love it. Yeah, any anytime you can get, uh, you know, these three characters back, it's it's awesome. And specifically him, it's it's always good to see more Dr. Wu. Yeah, you, you never really get enough of him in these movies. No, I know. And, I, you know, it's always like this alternate reality kind of thing when you see them these characters in these attractions whether it's out in hollywood or here like it's really really cool to see yeah and none of this footage is reused from hollywood this is all exclusive footage which i really appreciate they didn't take anything mm -hmm. from the extended queue and that's another thing there aren't any monitors outside in the extended queue so you only get the videos once you start to actually get inside and I think that's a good thing because it doesn't take away from the ambiance outside and it doesn't get annoying. Yeah. You know, like where if you're in other attractions and it's the same clips over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I know there's a few things before one of those really, really cool clips. But um, all right. So you said there's the, these, the Raptor uh, kind of animatronic head thing, right? Is that right around there? Yeah. Are oh, you there yet? I forgot. In the Dr. Wu room, there is lockers with a bunch of Easter eggs. There's Dr. Alan Grant's oh, book. Yeah. And Ellie's book is in there. Malcolm's book is in there. Owen's training bracer from the Fallen Kingdom flashback video is in there. Um, there's a mod an RC model of the train. 
There's the behavior logs. There's the glass of water, the T-Rex glass of water. <laughs> there's some training treats. I don't think I'm missing anything. Oh, one thing. I haven't gotten confirmation on this. There is a rack of iPads in there with the Jurassic logo on there. I was thinking that is a callback to the tablets that the kids use in Camp Cretaceous. I haven't had any confirmation on it, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's and interesting. Actually... Yeah, they, they have those, but also I think they talked a lot about tablets in the evolution of Claire, too. So I wonder if they'll pull from that, too. Yeah. And then you turn the corner and you're in the stables. On the left, you have Echo. And then on the right, you have Delta. And just their movements are so subtle, the eye blinking. And every now and then they'll thrash and the actual cage will shake, too. They're snorting, their lips are curling. It's just, it's very well done. And you are very close to them. You could stick your hand out and touch them, but don't, you will lose a finger. <laughs> so with those, I, do, did you hear, did, did you happen to hear at all, like the, whoever made those? Do you know if it was like Creature um, Tech or was it, um, I'm blanking on the other name right now. I haven't had confirmation. I'm pretty sure it was City Neon Holdings. I okay, think I well, saw yeah, somebody they, say that. Um, of course, uh, this is terrible. I usually have the company's name. Um, oh, Animax Designs, I think. Oh, they C did them? City, okay. I think City Neon, they, they kind of work with Animax. But like Animax has done a lot of different things. They did Jurassic World Live Tours, some of their stuff. Um, and then some of that stuff ended up making it to the exhibition and then some of the exhibition stuff has made it to this attraction with with those those harnesses with the raptors. So it's really cool to see like all this this tech being kind of shared around uh, different yeah. Jurassic properties. It's for cool. a consistent experience. Yeah, yeah. All right. So and then, then after that, it's a really narrow hallway that leads into the locker area. The locker area is pretty cool because you're only on that locker side once. And then after you get on the ride, you're on the opposite side and you take it out. It's a double walled locker. So it saves a bunch of time. Everybody seems to be getting it pretty well from what I've seen. I don't know how too much the general public is going to take it. Most of the people that have been on it are pass holders, but people are understanding it, which is good. Each locker station you're assigned to, you don't get to pick which one. I believe there's nine different species. No, there's there's 10. And you get assigned a color, the dinosaur, and the number. So if you forget one of those things, hopefully you remember the other two. You just scan your ticket. You put everything in there. Mr. DNA video of him just explaining, uh, oh, you got to dump all your stuff out. You're going to lose some stuff if you don't. And then you turn the corner, there's some really cool posters about attractions. There's the Indominus Rex coming soon. And then River Adventure. And there's a Camp Cretaceous one with a Brachiosaurus and two kids on the zip line also coming soon, which is cool because in canon, those attractions weren't open yet. Yeah. I want to go back oh, to those lockers. I love that. Those lockers, dude. I go back to that for a second because that, that is like really impressive. And, and one of the most exciting parts of this queue for me, like, that to have like that kind of experience where you can just do that. It's like kind of innovative. I don't know that it's been, if it's been used anywhere else, but like it's super innovative. No, this I is feel the first like, time know? they've done yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to, to see that. 
in a, in a very like easy way. Like the old school days uh, at like regional theme parks, you would put your, you know, you would go to the you would go through the uh, car, you know, once you get to the like the load station and you would go on the other side and just put your thing in like a little bin and then they would move a door and then the next people would put their side and that that side and then the door would move back and forth. And I feel like this is like the upgraded version of that. It's like, wow, we're going to take that kind of tech and make it like really fancy and you you just visit it on different sides. And that's super awesome to have that like it's it's reliable too you know you don't you, you, we're always worried about like ah uh, they're trying to like parks are trying to take our money at every turn but this feels nice no. you know yeah it's really well thought out and i think they learned from their previous experiences with mm-hmm. lockers cough cough forbidden journey <laughs> which recently got the outside locker stations into that little mountain alcove which is pretty cool this one they fully designed with the lockers intended so it, yeah. it definitely has been an improvement with efficiency and getting those lines figured out because there's really no room for lockers outside of this attraction there are some bigger lockers those are to the to the bottom right of the discovery center right there mm-hmm. and those are right next to the bone scanning wall where you're looking through the rocks to see if you can find the bones and it doesn't really take away from the Discovery Center either. Hmm. And before you go on the ride itself, you can actually test your stuff right next to the test seat if it's going to fit in the locker. Yeah, I did so see that. that. That's nice. Yeah, that little thing that you can just slot everything in. That's that's. And then handy. single riders have their own locker too, so oh. you don't have to get mixed in with the people in groups on the ride. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely help out overall. That'll be amazing. And you you brought up those posters after the fact there too. So, um, I I absolutely love those posters just because like, you know, it dates back to 2015. Those posters, which is really really yeah. cool. I I went to Barnes and Noble and I picked up my I think it was literally just a DVD copy of Jurassic World, and they gave you four of those posters to take oh. home with you. And I hope I, I can find some of those on eBay. <laughs> yeah, you got to try to track them down. I, I had them up for a long time. Then I redid this entire studio area. So I took them down. Now I got to find a new place for them. And now I've I've got like this renewed love for them because they're in this attraction. I'm like, for a while, I was like, all right, maybe I'll switch them out. I'll put some other stuff up and, and find a new place for them. But now I'm like, I got to find a place for them because they, they're they yeah. feel like they're a part of something. I know the uh, I think the Triceratops one actually is in Falling Kingdom. Uh, it is. On the, on it's the side. a deteriorating yeah. uh, poster mm-hmm. in that San Francisco scene. I believe so. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool that they're for some reason I don't know what they were used for back in 2015 outside of those you know posters for a promotional use. But then they it it gets in Fallen Kingdom and now it's in this attraction and plus they're expanding upon that with these. Uh, other little details like Camp Cretaceous and Velocicoaster gets one and River River Adventure gets one. Um, and and then, uh, yeah. Tronodon Flyers oh, yeah, has Tronodon one too. Flyers. And then those, yeah, those little like coming soon things. And I know a lot, like a lot of people are freaking out like, oh my God, does this mean Camp Jurassic is changing over to Camp Cretaceous or is the River Adventure, you know, changing over and, um, or the, the, uh, the Indominus Rex one says coming soon, right? So, uh, you know, it's like you said, and and that's the first one of the first things that popped into my head. I'm like, well, technically, the the Indominus hasn't been introduced yet, and Camp Cretaceous yeah. never, Camp Cretaceous never even opened. It was just like 
a, a few guests testing it out, you know, ahead yeah. of time. So it, it works for an in-world reason, and it gives a lot of people hope and excitement. So hopefully, it doesn't people don't take it too far just yet with the excitement. But uh, it it always we always the river have River Adventure is part of the canon too. So yeah, we, yeah, that's amazing. Um, was was there anything else inside the the queue itself? Um, oh, one thing I wanted. To, I don't know if there was anything else there, but. I love the load station here because we've seen the pictures, the the bio reconstruct pictures from from the sky, but like you've seen those windows and you're like, wow, that that's just like awesome that they're replicating that like Jurassic World Indominus viewing, Rex. yeah, the Indominus Rex paddock viewing uh, platform area, and it's in there in the load station. It looks like right, so that's that's really cool to see. Like the iconography is the same, you know. Yeah, they took a lot of the design motifs with this, and it was really cool. And other than in that hallway with the lockers, they just had in-gen logos everywhere, which was cool, too. You go through the metal detectors, you go up a flight of stairs, and there's a few switchbacks. It's like the big board in the the control room. Mm -hmm. It's the TV monitor with Claire and Owen. She's all very, hello, I am Claire. Welcome to Jurassic World. You've challenged us. We hear you, more teeth. And then she cuts to Owen, and he's like, oh, is this thing on? Oh, you're playing stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, we're we're on. And it's just going back and forth. The writing is just so perfect in this moment. It, it, it really reminds me of the Lego Jurassic World stuff, just the banter and the silliness of the whole plot. It's just, I love it. It's, it's classic Owen and Claire. And it's, yeah. it also feels ca canon to their relationship, too, because before the events of Jurassic World, they didn't really like each other. They had that Peter Parker, Mary Jane kind of thing going back and forth. Will they, won't they? They like each other, but they're not really friends. So you see that play out. Owen is getting the launch tunnel prepped. The raptors are kind of misbehaving. He has this spiel about this is really bad. They haven't been fed yet. I talk to corporate and they don't want to listen. So you just see a really sarcastic Owen going back and forth. One of the ACU troopers accidentally sh shocks Delta. So she's freaking out. Owen's getting upset. And what's really cool is too, is you see Gregory Hall and Shelby Honea, the creative director and producer in their ACU outfits in the background of the video. So that's really cool. That's amazing. I didn't know that 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 was them in the background. That's amazing because yeah. you know you see a few people in there. That's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and in this room, there's not too much. There's the Indominus Rex tracking implant in the ACU locker, which is pretty cool, and they have the net launcher in there too. And then there's an injury release form, and then just back to the video. Owen's like, "Oh yeah, just fine. Let's send him out." And let the hunt begin. And Claire goes back to her her spiel like, oh, yeah, this is great. We hope to see you on the other side kind of thing. And you're right there on the launch platform while you're waiting for your turn to get in. You just see the other coaster whipping around through the spaghetti bowl. That's I, I love that video. I've watched it a few times now. And I love all the details. Like first off, that room that Claire is in is super impressive. Like it's it's a replica of like the tower there, and it's really really cool to see like 
the the actual ride out there like behind her so amazing the uh, the thought that went into this there's mattel toys in there yeah. in, the, in her room you see like the triceratops a pachyrhinosaurus a baby t-rex and then the uh what was the other one um protoceratops i think so it's cool to see those like behind her there um and the funny thing about owen is like I was talking about this and we were having a live stream about like, what does Owen say here? Like, cause he, he seems like a kind of guy that would be totally against this. He was totally against like using them as like, you know, uh, you know, for anything outside of his training and stuff like that. And this seems like it was totally against his plan. And I was like joking around, like saying basically a lot of those kinds of things like that he says in the ride, like, this is a real bad idea. I don't know why you're doing this. And like, all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> it's, it's real. It's happening. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so glad that, that this is what is actually happening. Cause it feels right. It feels real. And, and I love that you brought up the Lego stuff. Cause when I watch this, I'm like, okay, this feels like the real characters, but also there's a, a, a like a hint of like comedy and like excessive comedy that feels like the Lego stuff. And I love yeah. like the interpretations of those Lego characters, uh, you know, those same characters in Lego form. And Owen is certainly even more wild in the sh- in the shows and stuff like that in the movies. So it's funny to to kind of see that kind of blended together because he is like he is on fire in this attraction. Just as like his performance, it feels kind of um, improv in a way, and just like him just doing whatever he wants to do. But like at the same yeah. time, I love that. He like reels it back in and he's like, all right, guys, go ahead. Have fun. This is, you know, like he definitely doesn't believe a word he's saying. And it's so funny. They're all going (laughs) to (laughs) die. And uh, one thing that I got confirmation is that video with Claire, there's a night mode too. So when it gets dark out, it's going to be dark behind her. So that's awesome. That, yeah, Uh, that is really cool. I, I, you know, I just assume they have. They filmed some footage and then they, you know, put it up uh, behind like a green screen or something. Like, that's super cool. Really, really, yeah. you know, uh, a smart process there, like to have that that tower, which like a lot of people probably won't even notice, I don't think. But like to have that like, you know, into the queue is really, really cool to see it, like building out the world. That's all I'm about. Build it out, showcase different things. That's really awesome. And, you know, it looks legit. It looks real. Like him standing on the the launch like i'm like wow he's really there like that looks real like he's he's standing right there that's super cool um but yeah i i I love that video it's totally jurassic and it feels right yeah and so when you get up to the loading platform you get like another control room which feels like it it reminds me of the one on river adventure that you see right across from that loading dock area and there's actually a sign i don't know if any of the other coasters have this at Universal because I've never done the other coasters other than Mummy. They have a front row only line, which is kind of like their single rider, but you are going to wait a little bit longer just to get that front row. I haven't done front row. I've just, I've been so happy to be there that they put me wherever and I'm like, okay, I got the back and towards the middle. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember if Hulk has, I've only been on Hulk like once or twice. I, and see, that's like a kind of ride that I have a ton of over here. So I'm like, I'm just going to bypass that. I'm, I'm used to the that ride. So I don't remember if that one has one. But typical like coasters out here, yeah, you have like, you can wait for the front, ro- front ro- uh, row. And it's a little bit longer, but, you know, it depends on what kind of experience you want to have. Yeah. 
and the these chairs are so comfy and they're very accessible too that would that's been a problem with universal is they've been kind of limiting who gets to ride in a way just the way the safety systems are the lap bars on hagrid aren't the greatest but they are an improvement mummy and gringotts oh my goodness that is not a very comfortable lap bar but this it's it's kind of like a high chair your legs kind of dangle like on men in black but you can rest your feet on there if you're certain and you're sitting in the right spot and the lap bar it kind of comes over you there's an arm that comes down you pull it down and there's like a nice ridge where the foam is where you can rest your arms and you have the handlebars in front of you it still kind of goes over your lap but it's very roomy very comfortable i didn't feel any kind of pain in the intense parts of the coaster and for me not doing other coasters it just made my experience all that much better because if you're in pain you're not going to enjoy this thing yeah yeah uh, i i can think of a few coasters that like i just won't even go on because they are not com- you know they're not comfortable your head gets banged around whatever the case may be i'm just like Nah, look, I don't even care anymore. I'm not going to go on that one. But nah. that's that's really good to hear, especially for a ride that is that fast, uh, that intense with all those inversions and everything. Just to have that lap bar, that is amazing. You know, that's really, really good. Because, you know, some rides like that, you, you get a lot of head banging going on, and, it you know, it, it hurts. <laughs> it's not fun. So that's, that's good. I went that's, on Mummy today, and that bar. ride hurt. <laughs> Yeah, is that is that break still bad? I feel like I heard recently they they've kind of adjusted that break. Uh, I, it's like if you don't know it's there, you're getting hurt. <laughs> Just the backwards part hurt. The when you're stopping at that fake out scene, that hurt. This ride, it is so buttery smooth that it it takes part of the scariness out of this attraction. It's still a very intense coaster. It's probably the most intense coaster they have on property. But it's still so smooth that me not being a coaster person, I will ride that ride all day if you let me. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I yeah, I can't wait. I mean, so once you you get in the attraction or the uh, the the car there, uh, the, the the launch actually has some stuff too, right? Like there's some Owen stuff in there. Yeah. So what I've noticed is Owen seems to be saying something different each time. I don't have 100% confirmation on that, but I noticed. The time that I rode today, he said something different. The first few times he said a line like, are, are you serious to something that the ACU troopers said, I think. This time he said, I warned you when you're pulling back for the launch, you got all these lights and you got the Raptors on the sides just ready to run. It's kind of like going to the dog races. You have that barrier in front of them and you got the rabbit ready to run. You're the rabbit. And there's all these shocks going on. The cages are rattling and you hear the boosters and you see the lights. It's kind of like Slinky Dog Dash too, where you wind up and then you get the go ahead and you just shoot that thing hauls and you go over, you go zero to 50. And I think it's like four seconds for this one. And you go at the top of the mountain and then you go straight down into that tunnel you get some major airtime on that and it just pulls you back down and you're hauling all the way through that spaghetti bowl. You don't get too much time to appreciate the detail, but 
for some people, that might be the most intense part of the coaster. And you whip around, you see uh, Blue, Echo, and Delta. I think it's all in one cluster. And then you whip around the corner and you see Delta again and Charlie. They do take your photo very early on, but you just don't get any time to breathe in this part. And then you make that one turn right by the Raptor Encounter side where you can see that, and that's the launch. There's no stopping. You go through that tunnel 40 to 70 in two seconds. You don't even have a second to think or even realize you're going up that top hat. And then you get a second where you get to look over the lagoon and you're back down there. It pulls you back down out of pulling you out of that seat. And then you flip upside down that zero gravity stall and you're just doing the helix around there. And then it catches you off balance with a little bit of more airtime. And then you kind of have a second to breathe right before that Mosasaurus roll. And it's just, I, I, I don't know how people lift their hands up on that part. I'm just, <laughs> I see them and I'm like, how, how I'm holding on for dear life, but I'm getting more relaxed each time I go on this ride because I'm starting to get used to it. But you are so close to the water. I'm just laughing the whole time. I've got a stupid grin on my face. <laughs> that. That is, the, yeah, that's my kind of reaction. I feel like when I've, you know, gone on any, you know, intense coaster or even Hagrid or something, I'm just like laughing the whole time. It's so much fun. Yes. So I can't wait. I, I am, I'm wondering myself, like I've heard a lot of people like that are coaster people say like they were holding on the whole time. I'm like, I mean, I, I consider myself a coaster guy. Like I'm, I'm the guy that's always, you know, got my arms up and stuff like that. But this, I'm like, I'm not sure that seems really intense. So yeah. I don't know. I'm going to try my best. And, and maybe if, if we get a ride together, we're, we're going to both put our arms up at that moment. <laughs> okay. Okay, Brad. <laughs> Watch us get back row. When you get the back row, you get five seconds of ejector seat airtime on that drop. Oh, goodness. It is fun, though. Yeah. There, there's the trade-offs, last... trade-offs between the front and the back. And I don't know. It depends on the ride, but I... I tend to love the back more, but sometimes the front, you can't really beat that experience as well, you know? Yeah. When you pull back into the station, there's a audio clip of Claire right after Owen says, bad at Claire. She's like, uh, Owen, there's a, uh, a situation that needs our attention at River Adventure. And he's like, be right there. And then you hear the Raptors going off. And I, I love that audio Easter egg because... It just it, it it acknowledges the other attraction in the area. Will we ever get River Adventure updated? Who knows? But it's still cool that they it, it feels in canon. You know, it just connects the area. Yeah, I mean, it, either way, like it works. You know, it it gives them the opportunity to, for it to tie in in the future, right? Like if they ever did update that ride, they'd still have to call it River Adventure, I guess, unless they got them to re- redo some audio. But uh, it, it just gives them some room to breathe and, and to do that in the future if they ever want to. So that that's really awesome. And I, I don't I can't think of a ton of times where you get like references to the other attractions in the area. Uh, so that's really cool to hear. I just I I, I love this ride so much. It's <laughs> I know that's easy to say whenever you get a new attraction, but it's just this is a whole this ride is a home run. Ten out of ten gold blooms. <laughs> I don't know how to rate it. <laughs> Other than that, I think yeah, I think we all get it based off of that that review. 
That's just, amazing. It, this ride is making me a coaster person. I never thought this would happen. You're, you're I was be always your way timid around. and shy. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I'm doing coasters from now on. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the only thing is you started at the at the peak, the the, the summit of, of roller coasters. It's all it's literally all downhill from there. So outside of Hagrid's like that, that, that ride's pretty amazing. Well, as well. But it's like a, it's a different kind of attraction, you know, right? So. I, yeah, I I, I want to get your take on like like a, a really old wooden coaster someday. <laughs> oh, good thing I have that's... good health insurance. <laughs> well, I choose I, life, sir. I I I would assume you would. I I would think so. Um, anything else to to wrap up our our little conversation on Velocicoaster itself? Because I feel like we covered it pretty good. I would say just do it. If you're scared of coasters, do it. You're going to have so much fun on this thing. I I don't want to compare myself to you or anybody else that's that wasn't a coaster person. Just It's so smooth. It takes a lot of the scariness out of it. And it's, it's something you absolutely can't miss, and especially as a Jurassic fan. You will be... You'll be in paradise there. It's it's perfect. I just I can't say enough good things about this attraction. I will definitely be rope dropping this instead of Hagrid's from now on. And that's very high praise. Yeah, seriously. Like that Hagrid is, has always been like, well, since it's been open, like that's the one place you go to in that park, you know, because it's it's a can't miss attraction. So now there's like a bunch of them in that park and yeah. It's a pretty impressive park overall. And and Jurassic still, you know, it has it does struggle with accessibility for everybody in a way. Like it's you just said it, like it's a it's a high speed thrill coaster that not, you know, not everybody is into. It's kind of tough, you know. If you're a Jurassic fan, you really want to experience it, but maybe you're not a coaster person at all. Um but then it's like, hey, well over across the street you got or across the road you got um the River Adventure and you're like uh I don't really like drops or getting wet. And then it's like, well, we got another ride. It's trending on flyers. It's like, well, did you bring your kid today? I don't know. <laughs> so like, I, you know, one day it would be nice to have like uh, an attraction that everybody can go on all together, you know? Let me ask you this. If Kong didn't get approved, do you think we would still get Velocicoaster or do you think we would get Jurassic World Adventure? Oh, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I've I've always, you know, looked at Kong as that 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 time when Universal had no confidence in Jurassic to put a Jurassic attraction there, right? So it's like, let's put Kong there instead. And I love Kong. But yeah, if if that wasn't there, I don't know if we necessarily would have gotten like what Beijing is getting. Um but I, yeah, I don't think we would have gotten Velocicoaster. You know, I, I think that would have been off the table. So it's nice to get something a little different. But, you know, yeah. I think, you know, inside I still want an attraction that's like Dinosaur the Ride. Uh, Dinosaur the Ride and Kong are like some of the best dinosaur, uh, you know, rides you can do out there. You know, I've always said Kong is like the best Jurassic attraction in <laughs> on in that in that park 
Oh no! It, it feels it feels like the lost world. You know, you're in there in that yeah. that that truck, and it really feels like you know you've got Mommy's the Rex, very angry. The, yeah, you got the V Rexes <laughs> on either side of you, and it feels like that moment. You know, um, I actually never thought of it that way until you notice it now. Now I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see it as the lost world ride. Experience it that way. It's 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 impressive. I anytime I go on that ride, I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. I know some people don't love it, but like I just I love that ride so much. So it's like I don't want that to ever get taken away. I'm glad it's there. But like, yeah, I kind of wish a Jurassic attraction was there. But then if there was one, we wouldn't get Velocicoaster, probably. So yeah. you know, who knows? But um what do you think about the uh the the Discovery Center now with the the stuff in the the bottom of the store? Do you think that's that's just temporary. Oh, this is all temporary. It's, <laughs> I think it's going to be temporary. They yeah. built a, another merchandise location. It's like a little kiosk right across the street from Raptor Encounter. But still, they're pumping so much merchandise and changing things around within Jurassic Outfitters and Dino Store. I, I, I don't see this lasting too long. Because they just started opening up the exhibits today. Or oh. yesterday, I think it was, they turned the things back on. I don't know if we're going to get the little raptor hatching thing because they don't want people crowding around that glass just yet. But from what I was told, this is a temporary thing. Yeah, it seems like it. That's that's what I kind of got from the the pictures and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, it kind of seems like, you know, just a pop-up shop while this thing's popular for the moment, which I don't think it's going to fade anytime soon, but while the no. attraction is brand new, let's get some people to buy some merch since there's no, you know, there's no exit store or anything like that really outside of, you know, going up the stairs, you know? Yeah. So they, uh, they make you ex actually exit through there. They put up little barricades that you have to go through there. So, hmm. I mean, it makes sense. And the, the Velocicoaster store sign is on wheels. So, that kind of tells me that it's temporary too. Yeah. What I want to know is when is that statue of Delta going to be in the prop shop? <laughs> that that would be pretty amazing. That that statue, I feel like that statue has made its rounds. I don't know if it's the same one or not, but it, it really feels like the same one that was like in London on top of those containers. You remember those containers that they had during I think it was Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I think so. Like it, it wasn't that one. Like, the they did the first Jurassic World exhibition. Is that what that's from? They, they, I think they also had it there for it just, just a promotional thing. It was like some random pop up at like a train station. I think out in London somewhere, and then I think they used it in Australia for Jurassic World the exhibition, or maybe Chicago. I don't know. But it wasn't used in Philly. I never saw it in Philly. So yeah, it seems like a statue that's kind of made its rounds. <laughs> Yeah, uh, speaking of raptor statues, I did notice in uh, Jurassic Outfitters that one that's kind of like on that middle uh, shelf right at the front of the store is gone. So, oh, huh. I wonder okay. if that's going into the pop-up tribute store or Ooh. something, or if they're just updating the statues to make them actual raptors from the movies now. Because none of the raptor statues that they had in the stores were screen accurate. They have a really small one that's in Dino Store that looks like it could exist, but is nothing from the movies or even canon. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, at the time of our recording, we don't know much about the uh, tribute store just yet, but uh, I'm very pumped for that. I think it, it looks like it could be cool, and those tribute stores are always uh-huh. really, really impressive. So I don't know what's in there, but uh, I can't wait to find out. I just want to know is, are we going to finally get some themed treats for Jurassic? Because they usually have their bakery in there at the very yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, give me we, like some, give me an egg cupcake or something. <laughs> what um, I really want is I want that Raptor claw to come back that they had at Voodoo Donuts for that's Fallen Kingdom. I was going to say, I was going to say that is that, has that been around anywhere? I feel like I see those floating around, but I never know if it's like an old picture or like somewhere else. Yeah. Time will tell, but I'm excited. And I feel like Universal finally has the confidence in Jurassic because I'm going and the merchandise is flying off the shelves, just like uh, Mr. DNA. These mugs just came out today and there was barely any left when I first saw them. And yeah, I was I was at the park. I got there at, I think, probably one o'clock. They had a whole bunch of mugs, a whole bunch of shirts. They probably had like one or two shelves left. Even the pin. I got the last pin today, too. Oh, but man, I never it's... thought we would ever get Mr. DNA merchandise. <laughs> and here it's, we are. It's a Mr. DNA renaissance right now. And I absolutely love yeah. it. You know, like the shirts. He is are, our have pigment. Been a... Exactly. I, I, it's, it's been a crime that we haven't had like that attraction from the the movie itself you know how cool would that have been like inside the discovery center but to at least get them now in velocicoaster and all of this merch the shirts the pins the socks everything uh it's it's a it's a win-win situation for them like i think it's just always gonna fly off the shelves they're printing money right now <laughs> yeah and they got i, I can't Dominion remember how many merch, times like... i go and they're they'll be missing stuff like those hats are gone now <sighs> Well, thank you for picking up that for me. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. <laughs> I I'm, I'm wearing it all the time uh, until I can until, until I can get on that coaster, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, the, the merch that is there. Like it would have been interesting if Dominion had actually come out. What kind of merch we would see in the park right now? But you're getting some vague Dominion type, you know, sweatshirts and and shirts and stuff like that. Um, what else? Anything else that's new? I know there's there's Snap Squad in there still. Like there's Mattel stuff, right? So anything else? That's, they actually oh, just got Cretaceous? Lego in. This is the first oh. time they've ever had Lego in Universal. Wow. Which is surprising because they have other brands. They have Trolls. They have the Minions, Rise of Gru sets, hmm. and they're just finally now getting Jurassic World Legos in. They have the small little, uh, the small little capture car it's like a 40 dollars set i think with the tronodon oh, and yeah, yeah. gallimimus and then they have the big 250 dollars jurassic park gate in yeah. there which is cool to see yeah maybe we'll get some exclusive sets done on the line i think that would be pretty cool yeah somebody they... even made their own velocicoaster car and a river adventure thing i, I apologize i don't remember the person who created them but you are <laughs> awesome yep <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about i've seen yeah, I've seen people recreate all that stuff. I saw somebody recreated it in Minecraft. I think I saw that today. Like, it, it's it's created a lot of like really well creative people. It's kind of helped out a lot of creative people. It's really interesting to see like yourself, like painting and and photography and people making these Lego things or whatever it is. I, what is that? What, Rob 
Roblox. 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 I've seen like a lot of creations in there. I don't even know what that is, but like <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff, and it's it's always super impressive. Uh, and this ride, like for some reason, I, it just brought out the creative side in so many people, and it's really really cool to see. Yeah, I'm excited for what I have next. I can't really say too much, <laughs> but it's y'all are gonna love it. Ooh. You got it. I've got so that. much content planned. I just hope <laughs> I can get it done in time for Jurassic June. It's right. It's right around the corner. You you don't yeah. you don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I bought the new iPad because I don't have a tablet, and a lot of things is you got to get into digital art. Yeah, because just not having to get things scanned, you can just send it off to the printer. You can do three D modeling. Everything. Just yeah, the cost for the painting alone, just to get the paints and the canvas and everything, the hours having to mix the colors. Don't get me wrong, I love it, but this just makes more sense as a creative person. I can just do so much more with the merchandise design on there. Yeah. Well, I uh, I do have one last thing that I want to want to uh, bring to your attention, and it's it's a rapid fire questionnaire oh boy so it's a fun little game it's a fun little game uh you got 60 seconds all right i think that's about what it is yeah i believe so um all you got to do is give me a yes or no uh or you know give some insight or whatever to the uh, question but you got to be quick there's a lot of questions all right all right so i am going to start the countdown clock all right you ready you good i think so (laughs) Be prepared. Here we go. Uh, hopefully this works. We're going to count it down in three, two, one, go. All right. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, JP3, Jurassic World, or Fallen Kingdom? Fallen Kingdom. Feathers or no feathers? No feathers. Universal Orlando or Hollywood Jurassic Park? Orlando. Indoraptor or Indominus? Indoraptor. Gymnastics scene, yes or no? No. <laughs> Alan Grant or Ian Malcolm? Ian Malcolm. Sarah Harding or Claire Deering? Claire Deering. Uh, novel or film? Film. Tostita Don or Pepsi Saurus? Tricyclopods? <laughs> Hoskins or Wheatley? <laughs> Hoskins. Spinosaurus or T Rex? Spinosaurus. Is Dr. Evil, yes or no? He's misunderstood. <laughs> Mattel or Kenner? Mattel. Are Muldoon's socks high enough, yes or no? I think he can go higher, so no. <laughs> that barely scratched the surface of the questions. That oh, I had. goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not you. I Yeah, it's, that's, it's a tough. It's a tough questionnaire, and uh, I appreciate you <laughs> answering those questions sufficiently. That That's great. My pleasure. I, that was fun. <laughs> I could do that, like, all day. Uh, I should just have a segment that's just that, you know? It's like a, it's like a two-hour segment of me just going back I'm and forth. I'm game if you are. <laughs> 
So uh, wrapping it up, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, all of your stories, your you know, just learning about your process, uh, whether it is cosplay or photography or just visiting theme parks. Uh, that insight is awesome, and I love it. And I think you're a valuable member of the fan community, theme park, Jurassic, whatever the case may be. I think you know it's awesome to interact with you, and I think everybody should. Um, so thank you so much for for joining me here today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Like, again, I said earlier, I, I never thought I would be here and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the love and attention you guys have given me just cheering me on being in my corner. It's that's that's what it's about. We're all we're a Jurassic family. We got to take care of each other. Of course. Of course. So if everybody wants to track you down and uh, check out your Owen stuff, your everything else going on, uh, what uh, what's your handle? Where can they find you uh, online? Online for Twitter, I am at Michael underscore Corelli. And for Instagram, it is going to be Jurassic underscore yearbook. I just started this last July with when lockdowns hit. I had this massive Mattel collection. I'm like, sure, why not? And that's kind of taken off. So you're going to see memes, toy photography, me and cosplay. I'm thinking about starting maybe a TikTok soon. Ooh. There you go. I mean, that might as well. <laughs> you might as well. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you can get a lot of followers in there pretty quick. Uh, you just got to do some absurd stuff, apparently. <laughs> don't drink any yeah, water. Play by the no, rules. Please don't. No, please. no, no. <laughs> and you can uh, find me in the Universal Orlando annual pass holder page. If you like theme park photography, you can follow me at Michael underscore Corelli, too. Awesome. Yes. I, I love all that. That is work. two as in. As well, not the number two. Number two, no, not that. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. It's been a blast. So what do you say? We uh, we, we got to go find the manager of this uh, Discovery Center, Visitor Center, and uh, see what's going on with this pop-up shop and get all the merch because I, I need to take it yes. all home. Let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, sounds good. I'll rev up the Jeep. <laughs> no? Okay. It works, it works. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, gotta go and thank Michael Corelli for joining me uh, a while back <laughs> to chat all things theme parks, cosplay, collecting, and uh, and just chatting about himself. I, I, I loved learning uh, a little bit more about him to learn his history, where he came from as a Jurassic fan, how he got into all this stuff. Uh, that is... You know, what makes this show so special is to get to learn about your fellow fans and uh, and the fellow people in this community. And I love that. I, like I said earlier in the show, I think this uh, segment here, which was pretty early on in the live stream, I think it really connected with a lot of people with, with his, his story about how he got into the fandom and how... You know, he, he worked his way around issues and struggles, and, and I, I really appreciate that, and I thought it was a wonderful conversation. So uh, thank you to my friend Michael for joining me today, and uh, I'm sure you'll hear uh, from Michael a lot more on the show in the future. I'm very, very excited to, uh, to chat with him again. 
Again, uh, we'd love it if you go support our YouTube channel. We have a lot of really fun stuff coming up this week. Go give us a follow over on TikTok, uh, doing some fun stuff there, and, and just social media in general. We really love connecting with everybody out there and uh, try to respond to as much as I can. I know it's tough, but uh, I try to do what I can over here. But um, yeah, that's, a, that's about it. That's all I got for you guys this week. As always, please stay safe out there. Be kind. That's the number one thing. Please be kind to everybody. Be the best person you can. Uh, you never know what somebody else is going through. But that's, uh, that's it. So enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Thanks, everybody. Get this movable feast underway. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams. Toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website, or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.